I am beyond excited to invite you to join me inside Manifest with Madeline, my most transformative program yet. Imagine this, manifesting on autopilot 24-7. Picture yourself attracting all the best things just by living in alignment with your unique design. In this program, we'll delve deep into your human design, understanding the key chart elements that impact manifestation the most, and it's probably not what you think. No more wasting time on activities that go against your design. It's all about simplifying, living authentically, and letting the universe work its magic. Doors are officially open, but only until Friday, February 2nd. This is your opportunity to finally shift your life. Visit www.studiotimeout.com slash MWM, like Manifest with Madeline, to learn more and claim your spot. And I can't wait to see you there. This is the Beginner's Guide to Human Design. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast makes understanding your human design chart super simple and easy. Have you ever looked at your chart and seen all those shapes, lines, arrows, and numbers and gotten lost in the descriptions? Me too. After countless hours of practice and study, I'm here to break it down for you. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking about the difference between emotionals and non-emotionals according to human design. This is a technical human design term. So when I say emotional, I'm not using like the regular definition definition you would find in the dictionary. I'm talking about a human design emotional. And the way that you figure out which one you are is by pulling out your own human design chart and look for the solar plexus center. There are nine energy centers, those large shapes all over your chart. Look at the right kind of bottom quadrant of your chart and there's a big fat triangle way over on the right, kind of near the bottom, there's a big triangle and that's called the solar plexus. That's what we're talking about today. And that energy center governs emotions. And yours is either going to be white, which is open or undefined, or it will be colored in, which is defined. I'm going to give you a moment to pull out your own chart. Maybe you need to get it out from your computer or maybe it's printed out. Maybe you've got it on your phone, but you definitely want to know which one you are if your solar plexus is open or defined. If it's undefined or defined, same words, but figure out which one yours is. And in the meantime, I want to remind you that the doors to Manifest with Madeline are closing this Friday, February 2nd. You have through the entire day of that Friday to get yourself registered I'm so excited for the people who have already signed up. We've already been in some communication. A number of you got access to the bonus training, which we had a few days ago, and it was just incredible. That was a bonus call for the first 20 people who registered, and we really just kicked it off, and it was 
it was it was incredible. That's all I'm going to say about that. But there's still time to sign up for Manifest with Madeline. The program officially begins on February 19th, but again, registration closes on February 2nd. So if you're planning to sign up, do it before then. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get in. And I want to talk about just a couple of massive questions I've gotten over and over about the program. The first question is, when am I going to be offering it again? The answer is that I don't know. I follow my own human design chart in my business. So I always tune into my own strategy and authority before I offer anything, which means that I don't plan things way, way, way in advance. And I have no idea if I'm ever going to offer Manifest with Madeline again. I think it's likely that I will because I love this program and it really works and I'm really into it and I'm attracted to it. But if for some reason it doesn't excite me, then I won't be offering it again in the future. And I wait until I feel an urge or a desire or a response of a hell yes from within myself to know when I'm going to offer it again. So that answers that question. The next question I've gotten from a lot of people is, what's the difference between the basic version and the VIP? So if you look at the information page at studiotimeout.com slash MWM, like Manifest with Madeline, you'll see that there's two payment options. One of them is the lower payment option, and it's called Basic. And I got to say, it's anything but basic. It's kind of a silly name, but it's just clear, just is what it is. What that means is that you get all of the educational videos, which is 90% of the program is just educational videos or audios or PDFs from me about these different manifestation um, lessons and techniques and exercises. And um, yeah, lessons is the best word. You get all of that week by week and you watch it on your own. It will take between 30 to 90 minutes on average per week to consume the content. So it's not like a full-time job, but it's also not super, super tiny. But in the basic program, you get all of that week by week. You watch or consume it on your own time. You also get a recorded somatic breathwork session for you to do on your own time. There's no accountability calls. There's no like communication with me. There's no checking in. There's no getting to know the other participants. It's just a, you do it on your own thing. And then there will be three live Q&A sessions. And those are going to be on Thursdays in the daytime, but you also get access to the replay of those if you can't make it. And you can submit questions in advance if you need. Now, the thing about the basic program is that it does expire. So this is important that you know this before you sign up. It expires one month after the six weeks end. And I do that because you need to use it to get the benefit. And a lot of people sign up for programs and then they don't use it until either never or weeks or months or years later. And I don't want that for you. That's not my thing. That's not how I teach. I am here to help you get results. And one of those ways is to put an end to it. So you get the information for one month after the program is done and then it disappears. So this basic version is for people who are ready to do it pretty much along with the live program starting February 19th. Now, if you're wanting a lot more hand-holding, accountability, a lot more interaction with me, a lot more inspiration and to meet and learn from the other participants, then you would do the VIP version. 
And in the VIP version, we have weekly meetings on Monday nights at 7 p.m., Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time, so like Minneapolis time. And you can come to both of those meetings, but most people choose one or the other depending on their time zone. So you you might come every Monday night and then maybe you watch the replays on Tuesday or vice versa, or you come to all of them, or you come to none of them, but you just watch all the replays and submit questions or issues in advance. However, I do have to say coming live is really the biggest benefit. And it's not just a Q&A session live. This is group coaching. So this is coaching you on deeper, deeper, deeper lessons on specifically what are your issues around what you learned in the program that week around the topic of digestion or strongest sense or being specific or nonspecific or whatever you're learning. That's a coaching session as a group. And then you also get a hot seat, which is kind of like a one-on-one reading. It's it's one-on-one time for me and you on Zoom, like we're going to be communicating and I'm going to help you with exactly what is blocking you in that moment. You also are going to get live breath work. So a breath work, you know, in real time with me plus the replay. And all of the VIP people get to save all of the videos and information forever. So it's not going to expire. You get to keep everything. So I do recommend the VIP if you're somebody who wants to have a significant, huge life shift, but the basic version is also great for a more affordable option and also people that aren't really interested in chit-chatting or the accountability. Some people are just not into that and they just want to be on their own, then do the basic. So I hope that you join me in this program. It really works. It's really different. It's aspects of human design that I don't teach in the podcast because they're too intricate and too detailed for this format. And it's just such a nice way of stopping certain behaviors that you're currently doing that are blocking you from manifesting and just stepping into living your own human design so that you're able to manifest very, very easily, naturally, and on autopilot. So visit studiotimeout.com slash MWM, like Manifest with Madeline, to get all the details and get yourself signed up before the end of the day on February 2nd. Now let's get back into our topic of emotionals versus non-emotionals. So hopefully you've looked up your chart by now, and if you're looking at that big solar plexus, that big triangle way over on the right near the bottom, if it's white... That means you have an undefined solar plexus or an open solar plexus, and you are called a non-emotional. That's what I am. If yours is colored in, I don't care what color it is. If it's just not white, so it has a color, you have a defined solar plexus, and you are called an emotional. And I have to say, I wanted to do this podcast because when I do one-on-one readings, this is almost always a huge area of confusion for my clients. Almost every single person I've done a reading for has this either mixed up or they're living out of alignment in this area or they just don't understand, especially the emotionals. Almost every single emotional I've done a reading for is really, really tripped up and stuck 
in this area. So hopefully today's episode really clears things up. And how this is going to work is that I'm going to explain what emotionals are and how that all works and give you some tips. And then I'll do the same thing for non-emotionals. And then I'm going to read a bunch of your comments and questions from Instagram. So I made a reel a few days ago asking you, what are your questions around this topic? So I'm going to answer those questions. And then I also asked, what is it like for you as an emotional or a non-emotional? And I'm going to read some of those because it can really be enlightening to learn from your peers. So first, let's start with emotionals. If you have a defined or colored in solar plexus, This just means that you have constant access to your own emotions. You literally cannot feel what anyone else is feeling. I'm going to stop myself right there and clarify, this doesn't mean that you can't see with your eyes or hear with your ears what somebody else is feeling. You can't understand or love them or help them with what they're feeling. It means that you will never literally feel their feeling. You will observe it if you're looking or listening, but you won't feel it yourself. Emotionals also have random emotional waves depending on what channels you have coming out of your solar plexus. Channels are those lines that connect to numbers. So you see all of those little tiny numbers all over the chart that are called gates. There's 64 of them. When you have two gates that are connected by a line, that makes a channel. So if you have specific channels uh, attached to your solar plexus, that's going to affect what these random emotional waves feel like for you. And some people have channels that make them have a very mild emotional wave. Other people have very dramatic emotional waves. And that's something that I can help explain to you in a one-on-one reading. It's not really great to go through that on the podcast. But just know that some some of you emotionals are going to be pretty mild. Some of you are going to be kind of extreme And then there's a combination or an in-between place as well. And negative emotions are not bad. Oftentimes we've been told it's bad to be depressed or melancholy or blue or low or sad. But this is absolutely not true, especially for emotionals. Because for an emotional, being in a negative or a sad or a down emotion is a beautiful place for creativity. Just think about the saddest song you've ever heard, like an Adele song or a different sad song or a really sad movie that brought you to tears. How beautiful is that song or that movie or a really sad painting that just like stabs you in the heart or a sad poem or a sad ballet? How gorgeous are those things and how much do they show us what it means to be human and to feel a full spectrum of emotion? And so just because you have a low emotion as an emotional, it doesn't mean you need to quick get rid of it. It means that you need to dive into it and feel it and express it fully. You don't have to go and make art, but you could. The most important thing is to just feel the feeling unapologetically without explaining it or justifying it or trying to, um, you know, talk it out. Just feel it out. 
It's also very important for emotionals to wait until they feel these intense feelings and and kind of feel them out and get them out of the body until they're very neutral, very stable, very cool, calm, and collected before they ever make a decision. So some tips for emotionals would be to check in with your emotions every morning or every evening or just once a day. And if you're feeling really, really high and really joyful, don't make a decision in that moment. First, be joyful. Maybe listen to happy music or watch a funny show or laugh or have fun until you get to a point where you're just kind of like, eh, I feel neutral. I feel pretty just regular. Or if you wake up feeling bluesy and sad and depressed, don't make a decision from that place feel the feeling first. Listen to the sad songs, sad music, watch a sad movie, cry, maybe even do a breathwork session. Everybody who's listening can get access to a free daily breathwork practice audio that I created for you if you go to studiotimeout.com slash free mini breathwork, and I'll link that in the show notes as well. But do a breathwork session and just feel the feelings out, something like that. Music and movies can really help too. And then you'll feel this time where you're like, yeah, I don't feel so bluesy now. I'm just kind of neutral. You take your time. Don't be spontaneous. Wait until you get to neutrality and then you can make decisions. So just to summarize, emotionals have constant access to their own emotions. They cannot feel what someone else is feeling. All emotionals look or act different depending on their channels. And it's important for emotionals to just feel their feelings, whether it's a high or a low, before ever making a decision. Now let's talk about non-emotionals, and this is what I am. I'm going to tell you right now, non-emotionals typically act very emotional, so please ignore that word, non-emotionals. It's just a kind of a silly description, and it doesn't mean that you don't feel feelings. You non-emotionals are actually here to learn about emotions and become very wise emotionally from your experience. You are definitely a classical empath. I get really kind of irritated when people use the word empath in certain situations because according to human design, any undefined aspect of your chart means that you're an empath in that area. You are a sponge in that area. So when it comes to the solar plexus, if that's undefined, You are an emotional empath or a sponge to other people's emotions. You literally feel what other people are feeling. You don't just see it or look at it or hear it. You literally feel people's emotions that are around you and then you amplify them. So let's say you're a non-emotional and your brother walks in the room and he feels like he's a four out of 10 on the anger scale, 10 being like the most angry, zero least angry. And he feels like he's a four. Well, if you're a non-emotional and he walks in as a four, you're going to be like, oh my God, he's like an eight or a nine on the anger scale. And you're going to feel his anger and amplify it and kind of blow it out of proportion. And this is not wrong or right. It's just often what happens for an emotional 
So you feel other people's feelings and then you amplify them. It's very common for non-emotionals to get addicted to emotion because when you're alone, you can't access that energy consistently. You can only access the highs and lows and the humanity of emotion when you feel it from somebody else. So it's very easy to get addicted to high, high or low emotions or just emotional extremes. When non-emotionals are totally alone, they're usually very cool, calm, and collected. I know that's how I am. I love to be alone because I'm so consistent. I'm so easy to be around for myself. I can just get stuff done because I'm very neutral. But as soon as other people are around me, I get very, very affected and I'm no longer this cool cucumber. Like I just really feel what they're feeling and I still struggle with not letting that dictate my behaviors or the words I'm saying. It's very, very challenging and oftentimes... Non-emotionals really struggle and have a very difficult life when they don't understand this concept. It can be very confusing for non-emotionals to understand why they are the way they are if they don't understand this concept. What's really great is that non-emotionals can read other people's emotions so well and it makes for a wonderful skill. So let's say you're a therapist or even um, a body worker. You can really tune into what's going on with that person and not, you know, tell them what they're feeling, but you can empathize and be understanding of where somebody is coming from emotionally just by being in their presence. It's also a great thing for communication or sales skills or anything where you're trying to get somebody to do something when you can read where they're currently at and how they're responding to whatever you're saying, it can help you to meet them where they're at and be a better, more authentic salesperson that's actually helping people and not just talking at them. Here's a tip for all the non-emotionals. Try not to actually be a sponge and soak up and feel everyone's feelings, but think of yourself more like a screen or a filter where you're going to have people's feelings blow through you and you kind of divide them all up and you might feel them, but they're not something that you absorb. They pass through you like air. And it's a great idea for non-emotionals to kind of ignore your own emotions when making decisions. So here's an example I've shared a lot, and I feel like it's very relatable. I'm a non-emotional, and my mom is an emotional. She didn't know anything about human design. Actually, she still doesn't really know anything about it now, but she definitely didn't know what it was, and neither did I when I was growing up. And I remember when I was a teenager and I was trying to decide where to go to college, she would say things like, well, how would you feel if you went to this college? How would you feel if you went to that college? And I just couldn't answer those kinds of questions because I could feel everything. I literally felt all of the emotions about all of the colleges. Plus, I felt really confused when I was around her or anybody else because then my feelings would change. And as a non-emotional, it's just silly to consult your emotions to make a decision because your emotions aren't really coming from within. They're being influenced from your external world. So it's better to learn more about your own authority and follow that when 
trying to make a decision. And that's something that I will definitely be teaching inside of Manifest with Madeline. And I also can help you with that in a one-on-one reading and lots of previous episodes we've talked about the authorities. So again, non-emotionals are here to filter through and process and see and experience and feel other people's feelings, but not take them on and define them as their own. There's actually a very big similarity to both emotionals and non-emotionals though. And this is the most important thing for everybody. No matter which one you are, you need regular emotional release practices. So that could mean that you just need to be a person who can cry when you feel like crying and and set up your life where that's safe and it's okay and you're supported by your loved ones. Or you can laugh freely and openly and not be guarded to joy and humor. And for most people, it's going to be a stretch to live that way. Most of us have been trained or programmed or scared out of being that way. So if you're unable to just laugh and cry and feel in the moment, then set up your life to have regular emotional release practices like somatic breathwork, which I talked about before. And I'll link that daily breathwork practice audio in the show notes for you to use or maybe EFT tapping, or any other kind of emotional release process that you can take yourself through on a daily or weekly basis to just help with your emotional baggage and cleansing and your emotional hygiene. And for all of us, no matter which type you are, there is no need to justify or explain or prove why you're feeling something. It's so tempting for both emotionals and non-emotionals to get into this trap of trying to explain it, but it's never going to help. What will help is if you embrace the feelings, express your emotions in a healthy, safe way, and then move on with your life. Don't hold on to them, don't stuff them, and don't explain them away. Just feel your feelings in a safe environment and move on. Now I'm going to pull out these comments over from Instagram and let's read through some of these and answer some questions. The first comment I'm reading here says, I am a non-emotional, how I actually feel. My emotions are in line with what's happening in my life, happy or sad events, a sad movie or an inspiring song, a memory of something sad or funny, worried about something, etc. Like sitting here right now, I feel very level, no feelings either way. In general, I feel good and have good thoughts. I can also feel another person's mood and I can recognize that it's not me. This all seems very normal to me. So that's a non-emotional. She also says, from what I understand, an emotional can have emotions that don't necessarily come from quote unquote something. They just come and are always there and change without any outside influence. If this is correct, it makes me feel like it would be hard to be an emotional. Are most of their emotions sad? What are they thinking when having these emotions? I would love to stand corrected and or understand both of them better. So that is a fabulous um, share about what it's like to be a non-emotional that she feels pretty emotional when she's listening to sad songs or movies or inspiring songs or there's happy or sad things going around that can really affect her own emotions and that's true. Everything from the outside is influencing what you feel as a non-emotional but you're pretty level and neutral when you're alone. And what you said about not or about emotionals is also true that they're not affected from the outside influence 
And she said, are most of their emotions sad? No. So emotionals can feel any emotions, the entire full spectrum of them. It's just that it's coming from within. It's like their own expression of their feelings, and it's not influenced from the outside. They could feel elated and joyful and grateful and in love, as well as depressed and sad and bluesy. And I do hear from a lot of people that are emotionals when I do one-on-one readings that this is very confusing. A lot of emotionals tell me that they actually don't feel almost anything. And I believe this is a theory I've come up with and just from my observations is that I think a lot of emotionals have shut it down because they feel very intensely. They feel very, very deeply And it's not often correlated with their day or their experiences or their circumstances. So it kind of doesn't make sense. It's not logical. And I think that if you feel like extreme bluesiness one day for no reason and people are like, why are you sad? There's nothing wrong. Be happy. Put on a smile. You could just program that right out of you and just shut it down and become numb to your feelings. I'm not saying that this is what happens to all emotionals. I'm saying that this is a theory. This is what I've observed. And this is what I think is going on with the emotionals who tell me that they don't really feel much feeling. Okay, I'm going to read the next one. As an emotional, and I also have two emotional children, what is the best way to try and figure out what our different emotional waves are? Well, the best way is to go and learn about those channels and maybe do a one-on-one reading to understand them deeper. I haven't really found any good books or a lot of resources that really explain that to just the average person out there. So I'm sorry, I don't have a great resource other than a one-on-one reading. Something that you can do for yourself, though, is track your emotions, maybe even like on a graph or something, or somehow every day for a month or even three months, write down the emotions that you're feeling and kind of a scale of one to 10 on how intense they are. And what I understand for emotionals is that they will see a pattern. It might be like a weekly pattern, a monthly pattern, or quarterly pattern, or even more. So it might take a long time, but you can actually track your emotional waves as an emotional. Okay, the next question says, I'm an emotional authority, and to my understanding, that means I am unable to feel another's emotions, and I'm the one whose emotions are creating feelings in other people. However, and this may have to do with the details in my personal design, I'm also extremely empathetic and I get affected by other people's emotions easily. If someone is sad or crying, I'll see things from their point of view, feel their sadness and start to cry. But a lot of human design teachers say that that's not possible for an emotional to take on another person's emotions like that. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. This is a very, very rare thing that I've heard from emotionals. I have heard it, but it's not common. And there's so many things that could explain why this what this might be. First of all, are you really feeling all of other people's feelings? Or are you picking up on somebody's thoughts, maybe their judgments or their perspective Because all of those thoughts and judgments and perspectives or even inspiration come from other parts of the chart. If you, the one that wrote this question, if you have an undefined Ajna, that's that big triangle second from the top, 
you can psychically pick up on everybody's thoughts and their their judgments and their perspective on things. And you can see all sides. You can see all points of view if you have an undefined ajna, which can make you think that you're feeling someone's feeling, but maybe you're just uh, psychically picking up on what they're thinking and maybe they're thinking about their feelings. And it's not that you're actually soaking up and absorbing their feeling and amplifying it. It's that you can psychically read their thoughts or Maybe you have an undefined spleen, which is that big triangle way over on the left, and fear is housed in the spleen. So when we're talking about all the emotions other than fear, all the other emotions are in the solar plexus, but fear is different. Fear is in the spleen way over on the left, and it's much more about survival, like fear of a lion killing you, fear of drowning, fear of falling out of an airplane, that kind of fear. If somebody around you is experiencing fear and you have an undefined spleen, you're going to feel their fears. So this is very nuanced and this is why sometimes doing a one-on-one reading can really help to clarify some of those kind of conflicting messages. You also might have some gates or, or other qualities or an aspect of your incarnation cross that make you a very caring person. So I hope that answers. Okay, next question. I'm a non-emotional, and as I understand it, we do not get overwhelmed by our own emotions, but rather the amplified, we amplify the others around us. I am very, I am a very emotional person to be viewed from the outside, but I also experience deep empathy. One of my gifts is gift 30, a desire to feel deeply. So I get that I'm mirroring other people's emotions, but discerning between them what's mine and what's not is a real challenge. Yes. Oh my goodness. So as a non-emotional, if you are very emotional when you're alone, this could be like a um, you're overstuffed with emotions that haven't been released and they're just coming out when you have space when you're alone. So non-emotionals are not always neutral when they're alone. Like I've cried plenty of times when I've been alone. I've been angry. I've had all kinds of emotions when I've been alone as a non-emotional, but this is probably the process of expressing the emotion out of you, like flushing the toilet or taking an emotional shower. And um, I think I'm going to leave that one at that. Okay. The next question, I'm a non-emotional. My boyfriend is emotional. What I assume before learning is that I was an emotional because I get emotional even by things and people outside of me. My boyfriend is a non-emotional because he has a hard time reading other people's emotions. After you explained it oh so well, it finally made sense to me why I'm so influenced by his negative energy after a bad day at work. I so badly want to be the positive influence for him, but naturally I reflect back what I'm feeling from him. Okay, I'm going to stop there before she asks a question. Really, really perfect example. Lots of people like swap the two and they get them backwards because this this terminology is so silly um, until they really learn it. So that's really normal to have thought the opposite before you understood it. And yes, if your um, emotional boyfriend comes home angry about work, believe me, he's probably like a level three on the anger scale and you're amplifying it to like a seven or an eight or a nine because you're non-emotional. So this is her question. How can I stop taking on his energy so much and use it in a positive way? Do you tend to see females as non-emotional and males as emotional? 
Okay, I'm going to answer the second question first because it's easier. No, there's no correlation between females and males. It's just 50-50. Like half the people are one, half the people are the other. So how can I stop taking on his energy so much and use it in a positive way? First of all, I want to reframe the second half of your question. Use it in a positive way. We don't always need to make things positive. There is a time and a place for grief, anger, sadness, uh, being upset, you know, being miserable, being unhappy. Those are valid, important emotions. And it's important that he and you and everybody else allows themselves to accept low emotions and feel them in a safe way. When I say safe, I mean that you're not yelling and screaming and hitting people and throwing stuff and having a rage attack but you're just bluesy and sad or upset. It's okay for anybody to feel upset. And you, as a non-emotional, don't have a job to turn it into something positive. So my first step is that. Just allow him the space and the love and acceptance for him to have negative emotion. It has nothing to do with you. It's not your job to do anything or transmute it or convince him or change him or you alchemize it into positivity that's going to kill you. It's going to leave you incredibly stressed and miserable and unhappy and with an unhealthy and emotional hygiene. And so the way to stop taking on his energy is to just understand these concepts that he's built that way for a reason and you're built this way for a reason and that when you experience his negative emotions, you are amplifying it. I promise you, you are blowing it out of proportion because that's what a non-emotional does. And so what you need to do, if it's bothering you or you're feeling yucky stuff because he walked in the room, you need to go into a room by yourself and cry for five minutes or do some tapping or, or pound it out in a pillow or go for a walk or give yourself space to feel it out without blaming him or telling him or showing him or justifying it or, or doing anything to do with him. You clean up your side of the street. It's his job to have his experience. And if he wants to learn about human design or himself, he can. But you take care of yourself and your job as a non-emotional is to feel the feelings Feel them in an amplified manner and then you're going to go express them out because remember how we talked about that one of the the roles as a non-emotional is to learn about emotionals or non-emotionals to learn about emotions in this life and become wise about it. It's not about you learning about your boyfriend's emotions and then helping him fix them. No, you are gifted this non-emotional existence so that you can learn about the human range of emotions and become wise. So just think, clean up my own side of the street and let him have his experience. I hope that that helps. Okay, the next question. My human design says I'm a non-emotional. I believe that means I don't have emotions of my own, but I take on others' emotions, which I undoubtedly do take on others' emotions, but I'm also very emotional on my own. I am the most emotional person I know. I get so choked up almost any time I talk about something I feel strongly about, and I do believe that these are my own emotions. I have been toying around with the idea that it is maybe just my conditioning or trapped emotions, but I really don't know. Well, I want to just let you know that most non-emotionals would say the same thing. Non-emotionals feel 
really big feelings and they cry, they laugh, they feel so much because you're amplifying whatever's influencing you. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be really chill emotionally. It's probably the opposite. But the key here is to not worry about it. Don't try and change your emotions or stuff them down and definitely don't try and justify them. Just let yourself feel your feelings. And the most important thing is to know that you are probably amplifying whatever's coming in from the outside and that's okay But be careful not to let that dictate your decision making, the way that you treat people around you, and just the way that you um, act in life. You don't want to express to the world an extreme reflection of people's emotions, but you can just express that emotion out. So here's how it would go in a very unhealthy way. If you're picking up a lot of sadness, it's not healthy to go out and tell everybody that like everybody needs to be sad and this is so sad and you're sad and you're sad and kind of like dictating what other people are feeling or putting it on them. Instead, feel extremely sad and cry a lot and journal it out or dance it out or yell it out or talk to a close friend until it comes out and you feel better or you feel more neutral. So it's about expression. It's not about labeling it and putting it on anybody else. And this person says, how can I distinguish between my feelings and other people's feelings as a non-emotional? Well, I as a non-emotional have just taken on the stance that anything I'm feeling is being influenced from the outside. And it hasn't been helpful for me to say to myself, I don't feel this. Or it's not my feeling because it's hard when you're feeling so strong to convince yourself that it's not your feeling. And it's not really about that. What it means to be a non-emotional is that what you feel is being influenced from your uh, from something outside of you, from a movie, from a song, from a book, from a human being, from an animal, from other people. If you're not emotional, you're going to feel your own feelings because somebody outside of you influenced you. As an emotional, nobody's going to influence you to feel something. You're just going to feel what you feel because it's yours. No one's really going to influence that. So it's not necessary to try and distinguish just everybody, whoever you are, just say, this is the emotion that's coming up. Now I'm going to have a healthy way to express it out and I'm not going to um, claim it as mine or someone else's because it doesn't really actually matter. And then this last one here, hi Madeline, I'm an emotional, I struggle with the waves, I know not to make decisions until I'm neutral, but what do you do during the up or the down, especially the down I try to just identify what I feel, but I feel guilty when I'm down, which makes me feel worse. I don't like to just sit with it. So feeling guilty, maybe you just need to feel the feeling out, like do a breath work or do journaling or listen to really sad music. Or when you are feeling something down, like you don't really need to identify anything. You don't even need to identify like I'm feeling exactly grief or exactly anger. Just feel the feeling. And I know that you don't like to just sit with it. Who would? But that's the human experience. 
that's the beauty of this. Did you know that spirits and angels and the unseen beings out there, they don't get to feel this full range of emotions or any emotions at all. They're just like consciousness. They don't get to feel feelings. And I strongly believe that we all choose to incarnate at a specific time with specific parents, with specific life lessons. We choose to come here as a human. And one of the reasons we want to come here is to play on the earth's playground, have the wild human experiences that we have, the ups, the downs, the emotions, the drama, souls and spirits out there, angels don't get to feel any spectrum of emotion. You come to earth because it's a gift to feel. It's not bad to feel sad. That's a time to go internal, to maybe cancel some plans or stay in or go out for a walk or maybe make plans. Do what you need to do so that you're supported either alone or with safe people to feel your feelings. And when you get good at this, it doesn't take long. Sometimes you just have to feel that low feeling for five minutes and put on a depressed song and just put your hand on your heart and sway around until you're like, eh, I don't know what that was. It's out. I feel fine. Sometimes it does take a day. And again, this actually applies whether you're an emotional or a non-emotional. But the biggest key here that there isn't anything for you to do or to say or to identify You feel the feeling and then it comes out. Emotions are energy in motion. So if something went into you emotionally, it needs to come out of you emotionally. So if an anger went into you, if if an angry experience is happening for you, it needs to come out as an anger coming out. It doesn't come out as an explanation or even a journal entry or a talk. You feel it out. You can journal, but you're going to feel the feeling when it comes out. You could talk, but you need to feel the feeling as it comes out. You could watch a movie or listen to music. That's so helpful, especially for emotionals, to watch a sad movie or listen to a sad song when you're sad so that you can be prompted to feel the feeling and then you just kind of are a little bit more neutral after. So I hope that this was helpful for everybody. This was definitely longer than normal, which... I love long podcast episodes. Oh my goodness. I just really do. So I hope this worked for you to listen to a long one. And also, I really look forward to seeing you guys inside of Manifest with Madeline. More and more people have been registering every single day. And again, you have till Friday, February 2nd to sign up. And if it calls to you, get on in there. And if it doesn't, then that's okay too. Then I'll catch you over on Instagram or on the next episode. Bye-bye, everybody. 